Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. But we started a new series last week called Wisdom, and we went through the book, we're going through the book of Proverbs, and it's so important that we can take these chapters and these verses and not only just listen to them, but we can apply them to our lives. Proverbs is such a, a, a down-to-earth like, like um, verses and chapters that you can literally apply into your life, and your life can can transform automatically because it's the word of God. It's live and active. And Proverbs is one of these books that, man, it's, it's, I feel like it's like the book of one-liners, you know? Like you, you go and it hits you in the face and you just stay on that verse for like, you know, two months because it can hit you in the face and you can, you, it, it can check you real quick. If you want to be checked in life, go to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs because it, it's so it's so relevant for our times, written so many years ago, but so practical in application for our days that we're living in now. Last week, we, st- we talked about Proverbs chapter 3, verse um, 5 and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lead in understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct your path. He should make your path straight. And we talked about three aspects in our lives that we can learn from that verse, that we can apply them right now in our world. And number one is we, we need to gain the right understanding. We need to gain the right. You understand that you're going you're gonna to grasp wisdoms any, in, in, in some way. But if we're grasping the wrong understanding, we're going to be jacked up in our life. Well, we also talked about we need to acknowledge his authority. It ain't about you. It's about him. We need to acknowledge his authority in our life. And then the last one we said, we need to trust the process he has for our life. Wisdom is important in our life because it, if we're gaining the wrong wisdom, it's, we're going to fall every time. If we're gaining the wrong wisdom, we're going to fall each and every time. This week, we're going to speak about a section that I've been, so I've been, I've been really studying Proverbs. And I've been, I've been reading chapters of Proverbs. But this, cha- this chapter really, you don't really hear about a lot. We're going to be going into Proverbs chapter 14 in just a minute, so you can go there. But um, as I was studying this verse, I wanted to really impact the whole verse. You know, kind of just going from the beginning, the, the middle, and the end. But there was this verse that just stood out on me. I mean, it just, it just rocked me. And I said, you know what? We're just going to preach on this, all right? We're just going to preach on this verse because it's so impactful for our life. If we understand this idea that the proverb, is gonna, the proverb is telling us, we can truly save years of disappointment and hurt in our life. If we really apply what we're going to be talking about today, we can save years, months of disappointment and hurt in our life. But the way it, there's a difference between listening and applying. We can listen all day, but if we don't apply it in our life, it's just words, okay? So let's apply these things in our life. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14, and we're going to sit on a verse 11 and verse 12 in, in this time, okay? So we're going to go to verse 11. Verse 11 says it like this. A house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Let's stop right there. Let's, let's compact this real fast. Whatever you build on poor foundation cannot stand. Whatever you build on poor foundation cannot stand, especially when it comes to storms in your life, when it comes to circumstances in your life. Uh, a well, uh, a well-built house 
on unstable foundation will not stand. So the question I ask you first and foremost is what are you building your house on? What are you building your life on? Because if you're building it on things that are just going to be um, um, earthly things, you're only going to obtain earthly things. But if you're, if you're building your life on, e on eternal things, man, God is going to bless you even more. We have to know first and foremost, where are we building our house? And when we're talking about house, I'm not talking about the house you go home to. I'm talking about this. We're the body. This is a God's temple, and he dwells in us. How are we directing our mind? How are we directing our voice? How are we directing our purpose in this world? It's the way we build. If you're building your house on unstable foundation, you will fall every time. So the first and foremost, before we come back this, check your life for five seconds. What are you building on? If you're building on money, you will fall on money. If you're building on, on friendships, friendships are gonna, friends are going to backstab you sometimes. But if you build your life on a foundation that is unmovable, unshakable, and God is in the middle of it, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But then it goes down. It talks about this house of the wicked are going to be destroyed. But then it says the tent of the upright will, flare, or will flourish. And the tent of the upright will flourish. The wicked man boasts of his great house and looks down on an upright neighbor who lives in a tent. This is what the Bible is talking about here. We can, we can put our nose to our neighbor like we're better than them. Because they, they build, they have all this thing. But, but us, we're just trying to, you know, we're just trying to live life. We, we, what, what it's telling you here is stop looking down on people. You ain't, you ain't as good as you think you are. Without God, you nothing. So we need to, number one, evaluate our life and then now evaluate how we view others. How we look down on others, how we view others, because it really determines our life and how we how we activate faith in our life. Yet the tent of the upright will be more secure than the house of the wicked. Why? Humility. You can have all in the world, but then when pride sits, you have nothing. But you can live a humble life. And might not have all the riches in the world, but you have all the happiness and peace that you ever would want. You know why? The foundation is on God. And listen, I want money. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I ain't trying to be poor around here. But what I'm saying is where your attention is, that's where your heart is. And we need to make sure that our attention is in the right ways, in the right places. I truly believe in life we have this battle between right and wrong. From the beginning of time, Adam and Eve, they had this battle between right and wrong, believing and not believing, righteousness, unrighteousness. Here in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 19 to 21, we really see John kind of wrestling with this tension of right and wrong with the concept of darkness and light. It says it here in John chapter 3, verse 19, it says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light, because of their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does, not, whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen the works that have carried out in God. 
I don't know about you, but this verse, it's like in the light, not in the light. Are you in the light? Wicked? It's, it's a tug of war. Even in, while John was reading this, he was battling these concepts. It's just like this. Jordan, come up here real fast. Come over here. Get up here, Jordan. Uh, take your time, Jordan. This is my nephew, Jordan. Thank you so much. Um, David, come here real fast. Come here. Come here fast. Give it up, David. All right. We're going to stretch this rope out, okay? And we're going to play a little tug of war. Anybody remember tug of war? In life, let me move this real fast, okay? So in life, stretch it out. There's the middle, okay? And I'm going to tell you what to do, okay? You probably want to give it a little more stack. All right. Here we go. So this is life, okay? Life is like this rope. And in the middle... There is the middle ground. Let me tell you what the Bible says about the middle ground. It says he'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm in the middle, he said you're like vomit in his mouth. So we don't want to be here. It says you, he said, I'd rather you be fully messed up than try to live this double life. But the, here in, in, in our world, let's come over here real fast. There's always this battle, this tension. Make the, make the rope a little bit tight. There you go. Make it tighter. Come up a little bit, Jordan. You're good. There's always this tension of right and wrong. Right, I, I want to do right, but then I'm getting pushed to doing wrong. I come to on a Sunday and I get my Jesus up, but then guess what? Monday and Tuesday, that, that um, employee or employer... I mean, I, and then and then I go to small groups, right? And I get my Jesus on, you know, like, you know, it's, it, I feel like it's like Monday, no Jesus. Tuesday, maybe Jesus. Wednesday is midweek, so you need to get closer to Sunday, so you got to get some Jesus. You know, but it's always this tension of back and forth. Have you been there before where you're like, God, I don't know where I stand in your presence. I, I want to do right, but I do wrong. Matter of fact, so many people in the Bible been there. They've been there. Peter, Peter, you're, you're supposed to, my, my church is supposed to be built on you. But guess what? I deny you. It, it, it's this back and forth. But can I challenge you today? Stop playing the game. Stop. Why don't you just pull in the right direction? Like stop playing this, this battle because only you're, the only thing you're doing is messing up your life and your destiny. Uh, what, what if I challenge you just to pull all the way through? Well, what if, what, let, let me ask you this question. What if you just went on the right side? Well, what would your life be? How would your attitude be if you just pulled in the right direction? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Give it up for them. If you can, you can take that rope out, Jordan. But here's the thing I know about right thing. This, this is so good. Life is so tug-of-war in your life. I truly believe the tug-of-war in, in life, it's, it's a tension that we're, always, that we're always in. We see here in John, I want to be in the light. I'm in, in, in the darkness. I'm in wicked places. And then it also said, uh, I, I want, people want to do good, but they, they love wicked stuff until they what? Are exposed. Woo! You can hide until you're exposed. And then shame hits. But God doesn't call us to live in shame. But what if you pulled the right way and you just be who God called you to be? Here we see this tension, right and wrong. 
what, what I am, what I could be, who, what I'm doing now, what I want to be doing later. In the middle of the tangent, can I challenge you? Go all the way through, even though you don't understand the path that God has for you. Just do what is right. And in the tension of this right decision, here's the thing I know. But one thing I know is sometimes the right decision is the wrong decision in the situation you're in. Let me explain this. This is so good. The Bible, I, when this, the Bible hit me so hard this week. Uh, you're telling me that that sometimes the right decision is the wrong decision in the in the decision in the situation I am in. I can tell you yes. And if you understand this concept of wisdom, that and we can follow this in our life, it, it, we can really truly make right decisions not out of wrong intentions. Gosh, let's, let's look at verse 12. Let's, this is what the Bible says. This is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says this. There is a way that appears to be right, but ends and leads to death. There is a way that is right, but it leads to death. What, what does that mean there? We have to discern the choices we are making in life. We have to discern our intentions. We have to discern our motives. We, sometimes we have to discern the outcome before we make any decision in our life. Undiscerned right decisions lead to unwanted scenarios in your life. Undiscerned right decisions will lead to unwanted scenarios in your life. There is, there, there's been times in my life where I thought I made the right decision, but in reality, I hurt somebody else even more. For me, it was right, but I crushed somebody else. See, in my eyes, I was right, but what at what cost? The right decision in the wrong season will lead us to destruction in our life. It will lead us in disaster. The right decision in the wrong season, it, it will lead us to this distraction and disaster in our life. Example, how about this? This church, when we planted it, it was the right decision. You know why? Because it's helping people. It's helping families. It's bringing people closer to Jesus, connecting people. It's helping a community. But if I made this right decision five years ago, it will lead to destruction because I was not prepared inwardly for something that God wanted for me outwardly. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me help you a little bit here, okay? There's so many people that want it so bad, but you don't want it on the inside. And I'm not talking about goals and everything. I'm talking about you don't want to change on the inside. Because here's the thing. Talent will lead you so far, but character will take you all the way. Integrity will take you all the way. We want things so bad, but at what cost? See, how about this? Decisions need to be prepped before it's go time. Decisions need to be prepped. I'm learning in this season that the right decision is not always the right decision now. I'm, I think it's quiet in here because it's been it checked me too. Sometimes the right decision is not the right decision now for your life. Maybe God's telling you just chill out. See, when we try to speed up the right and good choice without prepping in his word or prepping in prayer, it is, is it really the right choice or is it a fleshly choice? Sometimes we have to say, God, 
So sometimes we, we say, God, it's the right thing, but in reality, it's not what God wants for you. You're just following the good, right thing. The, the good thing in the wrong hands is a bad thing. We, we have to understand these concepts in our life. There are two things I want to talk about that, that, that impacted my life where I failed. This is going to be confession time for Pastor Eric. All right. If you ever want to know who I am, you're going to learn real quick. All right. It's confession time because I failed so many times in my life trying to do the right thing, but led to wrong things in my life. And if we don't understand this concept that we need to pray about it, we need to fast about it. We need to get in his word because anything outside of this truth is an opinion and sometimes even a lie. We have to understand these things. So confession time for me, I'm going to talk about some things in my life and hopefully it helps you during this, during this season in your life that sometimes making the right decision is the wrong decision. But we need to filter everything through God's word. Number one, the speak out. The speak out. There have been many times where I seem to do the right thing to speak out against something, but in return, it brought more hardship in my life. Conversations first need to go internally before it goes externally. Let me, let me help you real fast. Because when words come out, you can't bring them back. If you have something to say, and it hasn't went inside first, if you, you cannot say the first thing that comes in your mind. Because most of the time, it's the bad thing. Most times, the thing's gonna make you look stupid. But what do we do? They hurt me, so blah, 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 blah. And guess what? Who has to deal with the consequences? You. A conversation first needs to go internally before it goes externally because words matter, especially in ministry. I'm learning in ministry that words do matter, and I'm the, I fail most of it all the time. I, I fail all the time. Uh, there was this one conversation I had with, with, the, with this, these people, and they were dealing with stuff in their life, and, um, and I, I was so adamant to be like, fixed it. You know, like, I just want to fix them. You know, but in reality, God had to fix it. Okay, but guess what? I was God here in the moment. Okay, and I screwed it up for everybody. All right, they were they were having this argument. So one day uh, after church, I said, "We're gonna meet. We're gonna meet. We're gonna fix this because that's what God wants us. God wants us to have reconciliation in our life. We can't have this in. And so I got them together." It was the most awkward conversation, it, and, and we left that conversation, one person so hurt that they left doing ministry for a long time. So was it really effective? No. I, through, through what I wanted to fix in conversation really hurt more, and did I really help in that situation? No, because I didn't pray about it. I didn't even think about it. I just said, I'm the pastor, and I'm going to make it happen. We can't do that in life. How, how about that in your family? How about that with your kids? I'm a horrible problem when it comes to my kids sometimes. I have an anger problems, okay? Any Puerto Ricans out there? All right. Like, my daughter is, <laughs> she is six, going on, like, 26, all right? 
She has an attitude. I don't know how she got it. I don't know if it's, I just blame her mom, you know? But we're praying for her. Um, I'm just kidding. It's definitely me. <laughs> Everybody knows me. It's me, okay? Riley is me in girl, in girl form. But there's this times where she just, just snaps. The other day, what we were doing, Jess, uh, we, we were, she, okay, this is what it was. She wanted a cereal. I'm just, let me just go here real fast. She wanted a cereal. And then she wanted a different cereal. But, you know, parents, you're like, no, you, you asked for this. You eat it, you know? <laughs> so I hear, <clears throat> she's fake throwing up the cereal in the bathroom because she wanted the other cereal. And I say, girl, what happened? And we, we, we were on her. Oh, did you throw up? You, oh, that means you can't eat, honey. That means your, your stomach is upset. And she's like, no. I wanted the other cereal. I said, but you just threw up, baby. You can't, you can't eat no more. No, and then finally she got so mad. She's like, you guys don't understand me. And goes, goes to her room. Everything within me. Want to be like, girl, you have a roof over your head. And I, you, know, you don't pay no bills. You know? But I, I, I just had to laugh about it. Because I'm like, this girl, she's, it's cereal. But what if I came in the moment of her being weak and hurt, even though how stupid it was, what if I said, you're dumb, you're doing it, the words matter. I would have crushed your spirit even more. How about with coworkers? You can take this into in consideration with a lot of things. Whatever we say matters. The right thing with the wrong timing is wrong. It's wrong. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13 says like this. If one gives an answer before he hears, he is folly and shame. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man is quiet and holds back. We have to be careful what we say because the life and death is in the tongue. We have to be careful of what we are telling people and our intentions behind it as well. We can believe that we're trying to help people, but in reality, you're crushing them because in a way, it's called judgment. We can try to do the right thing, but then judgment hits because we try to think we're better. But no, we got to make sure that our words are so, uh, it, it's, words are heavy. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, about our words. It says, but I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, thou shalt give an account, therefore, in judgment. So you're telling me that any word I say, I'm going to have to get a, give an account to, to God? Yeah. So maybe we need to be careful what we say at times. There are times where in my heart I wanted to help somebody and say the right thing, but in the wrong way I hurt them even more. There's times, confession time, there's times where I, I try to take the role of the Holy Spirit and change their life. And it says that if only I can give them the right word, if only I can direct them this way, if only I can, you know, get them around the right people. But a good thing, but those are all good things. But when I try to manufacture something that God is supposed to take care of, I lead in the wrong way. Sometimes we, people just need for you to pray about it. How do I know? There's, and the Bible gives us examples of this concept of seed, water, and harvest. 
Seed, water, and harvest. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and, six and 9, says like this. I plant the seed, Apollo waters it, but God has making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. Maybe you're supposed to only plant the seed and not water it. Maybe you're supposed to water the seed and never see it grow. Maybe you're a part of the process and not the process. So we have to understand the role that God has us in, in, our, in people's lives. You know, but what we try to do, we try to fix everything, but maybe you're just supposed to give them a word of encouragement or maybe you're just supposed to pray. We have to discern these things in our life for us to not dis to, to kill each other with our words. Because at the end of the day, God is the restorer. I don't save people. He saves people. And our job is to be an example, like it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. It says, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you because you're you. But he's, this is what we need to do. But set an example to believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. That's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes, sometimes actions speak louder than words. Sometimes actions speak louder than words. Oh, here's the thing. I'm not saying not to speak to people. We need to challenge people at times. But actions sometimes speak louder than words, and we need to make sure that our speech is not crushing the seed that is supposed to be watered by somebody else. We need to be slow to speak, but prep to help. What does he mean by that? We need to be prayed up. We need to be discerned up. We need to be ready when God does tell us to speak. That is him and not us. And you love how Psalms chapter 19, verse 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We have to be careful what we speak out because it might be a right thing in a season, but for somebody else, it might be the wrong thing to hear in that season. But the only way to do that is you gotta be ready. You gotta be prayed up. You gotta be ready for what God is doing in your life. Number two, the, the number one is to speak up, and number two is to leap out. Woo, this one's good. There is a fine line between ambition and goals and calling and purpose. Hear me out. There's a fine line between goals and ambition and calling and purpose. We, we live in a world where you have a dream, you have a goal, and you go after it without preparation and even at times without even knowing what you're doing. Confession time here. There's been multiple times in my life where I invested my attention, my resources into something that was right, but in reality left to something that was wrong. See, the good things were, the things that I, I invested my time and energy was to get more money, to get more security, to better my life, to help me more. There were things, there were good things in a season that I was trying to rely on for my source and not trusting the one who was my source. We have to be careful about just the leap out. See, I, I'm all about chasing your dreams. I'm all about going after it. But sometimes you need to chase what God has for you. And not what the world is telling you to do. Just because somebody else is doing it, maybe it's not for your life. Right ambition with wrong person will lead to hardship in life. 
The right ambition but with the wrong person will lead to hardship in your life. Yeah, we have to learn from every decision, but we need to tell, I'm here to tell you this morning that a lesson masked by unrealistic logic is dumb. Like, like sometimes the answer to your question is just thinking. <laughs> like, is this going to be good for me? Like, is this going to, is this going to benefit my life? Sometimes we have to think. If we know what is right and wrong in life, we battle that right and wrong. Sometimes we shouldn't even go the route that we're going. And because we are, because we see other people succeed, we want to succeed as well. But here's the thing. If you leap on others' ambition and not the voice of God, it will lead to destruction in your life. Let me hear, let me talk to some college students for a second. If you lead on others' ambition, but not the voice of God, destruction will come to your life. How do I know? Two weeks ago, I got a TikTok. And I was, now, I got a TikTok because me and Jason, uh, my nephew, we were talking about investments and everything. I, I started looking at the stock market for the first time in 34 years of my life, all right? I, you know, retirement's coming, and I've been talking to Eric. Eric's annoyed with me talking about retirement stuff, but I've been, I've been just intrigued with it because of TikTok. You go to TikTok, and you just swipe, and everybody gives you advice. And then at one point, I'm like, dang, I got to do this in my life. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm a loser. There's this 18-year-old that has millions of dollars, and he bought a penny stock. So I'm just, I'm just, if I went with ambition, all my resources would go to the stock market, and I'll lose it all. But what I had to do is I had to stop and say, hey, is this ambition? Is this God? I need to, I need to prep a little bit. And I started doing research. See, this is, but this, uh, the generation we're in now, it's like, I see it and I see somebody else being successful at it, so I got to do it. I got to do it now for me, but the reality is, what if it's not for you? What if it's not for you? See, I got hyped. I wanted to obtain what I saw. I was going to put all my resources in it without any knowledge, and I had to stop myself and said, hey, is this worth putting all my cards in? Is this relationship worth putting all my emotion in? Is this, is, this, is this job putting all my family time in? We have to think like that. Is it worth it? Because we can, we can gain the whole world, but then forfeit our soul. And, you know, but in these 15 to 30 second video culture we live in, we have a glimpse of what we can obtain. But is it truly what God is leading in your life to do? What if I told you today that ambition at times becomes the killer of your purpose? There's a difference between ambition and purpose in your life. Sometimes we, we look at ambition as that's my calling, but it's just a hobby or a fling. And then what happens when that fails? We go to the next thing. We go to the next thing. I don't know how many things I've seen, but when we're leaning in purpose, there's a different weight to that. There's a different, this is what an ambition says. Ambition says, I need to do to obtain. Purpose says, I need to trust to obtain. Ambition says, I gotta do, I gotta do, I gotta do, I gotta do. And, and purpose is like, I got to trust that he's working all things for my good. 
I just got to trust that there's a God that loves me past my insecurities, past my issues. And I just got to know that he's working my life for his good. Ambition without a sense of true purpose is only a hobby or a flame. But when you hear from God and you have confidence in him and calling in your life, you can take ambition and purpose and it can be a one-two punch in your life. Ambition is not wrong. But ambition without purpose is wrong. But when you have ambition, when you have that drive, when God has given you a purpose and you know what you have to do and you know you have a calling on or you know you, you want to help somebody else, but then ambition hits in the middle of that purpose, woo! Watch out, devil. Watch out, Satan, because with ambition and purpose and God's calling in your life and God directing this thing, no hell, no weapon form against you shall prosper, no demon can stop you when God is in the middle of your purpose. Purpose is the goal. Ambition is the drive to get us to God's will. If we strive for empty goals without purpose, we will leave with empty lives and just things. Luke chapter 9 verse 25 says it like this. For what does, a, what does a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses and forfeits himself? But when purpose is attached to resources and goals, lives can be changed. Lives can be changed. I'm not telling you not to go after goals and ambitions. I'm not trying to, I'm, please listen to me. I want you to go after it. I want you to be successful. I don't believe that God wants us to just not, not be successful. And, and, but success is different in other people's eyes. You know, some people look at success as happiness. Some people look at success as family. Some people look at success as, as money. But where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So we need to make sure that we are on stable ground, which is Jesus Christ. And doing the wrong thing, the, doing the wrong thing the wrong way will not lead to the right thing. We have to know that God is orchestrating our life. And when we put our ambition and our goal and we be careful what we speak life or death into, man, God is going to move in your life. And, and, and if we gain this wisdom in our life and all of this, you know what, all of this, the way we speak and ambition goal, you know what all of this is attached to? Guess what? It's called stopping for a minute. It's saying pause. You see in the, in the book of, of Psalms all the time, there's this word at the end of it. It's called Selah. You know why, why that's there? It's the, 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 the David or whoever was writing the Psalms at that time, they stopped. So that stop could have been for an hour. That stop could have been for months, but they stopped and soaked into what they were saying first. Sometimes we need to just stop. It says what? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You need, we need to just stop in life. And we have to do this thing that we hate. Nobody prays for this thing. I'm done. Come play before I keep on preaching. We, we don't like this thing. I don't pray for that. It's called patience. I don't say, God, can I have patience today? Because you know when you ask for patience, you know a storm is coming real quick. You know? But here's the reality. Patience is your best friend. Patience is your best friend. Patience will get you out of trouble. Patience will get, will, will not let you put your foot in your mouth. 
Patience will not let you lose all those resources trying to go for something that God has never intended you to have. Patience will not get you in relationships and hardships that you've never been in, but you wanted a feeling and an emotional attachment. Patience will get you farther in life than just going at times. Listen, I'm not saying to stop and not stop living life and everything, but I'm saying that if you haven't prayed about it, if you haven't stopped and thought about the consequences, if you haven't stopped and, and listened to yourself, sometimes you just got to listen to yourself before you say stuff. And you realize, dang, I should not have said that. It's all about patience in our life and knowing that the, our words matter and our purpose matters, but, we, but a, a right thing in the wrong hands, in the wrong season is a wrong thing. We have to make sure that we are patient in life. Patience is hard. Patience I never pray for, but patience is your saving grace in this time. If you just slow down, if you just slow down at times and make the choices through his word and his direction, it probably will lead to unneeded baggage in your life. You don't want baggage in your life, but sometimes we just pack it up ourselves patience we got to stop sometimes it's good to slow down pray about it before you do it fast about it get accountability around it if you are the only person saying yes to you <laughs> it's wrong you need people to say hey mm, i love you but that's dumb yeah don't go that way I, I love you enough to tell you the truth you need accountability around your life so you are whole in knowing that God has you. Like we said, we're not trying to be perfect, but we are pursuing him. And when we grow in every decision, he wants us. And, and the thing is, we're going to fail at times. We're going to fail. We're going to put our foot in our mouth. But here's the thing, what we do when we fail at these things in our lives, we do these four things. We repent, we change, we grow, and we move on. Write that down in your journal. Get a tattoo about it, okay? Don't get a tattoo. I mean, if you want. Repent, change, grow, move on. Repent means, repent is, if you don't repent about it, you, you, don't, you don't feel bad about it. You just gonna do it all over again. You can't change what you don't confront. You can't change what you don't confront in your life. Number two, change. You got to change your thinking so you're not here again. See, we have people that are just in cycles, just going, doing the same thing because they don't want to change. Take an inventory of your life. Repent about it, but then change it so you're not doing it again. Number, number three, grow. Which in reality, it's really called discipline, which hurts. Growth, is, growth hurts. So once you, try, once you have the, the mindset, I'm going to change, now it's time to grow. Now it's time to sacrifice that flesh. That's, now it's time to uh, pick up your cross daily and follow Christ. Now it's time to, to, to if, if, I, if I have these images that are going to make me lust, maybe I don't have my phone in this, in this room. Maybe I don't, it's, it's, it's a discipline to grow. 
in your life. And then last, move on. Move on. Do not live in shame and embarrassment. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 says, There is therefore no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who walk, after, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Do what is right. Do what is right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and I'm done. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good. Then due season we shall reap if we do not faint not. In the midst of doing right, we must adjust the source of us making these right decisions. We got to bring it into his truth so we don't make right decisions, but in wrong seasons in our life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.